know, I gotta think of a song to open up with. Uh, she's hyperactive when she starts to dance from Robert Palmer of 1985 for the oh. uh, Riptide album. Welcome to Wrestling Makes the World Takes Everybody. It's yours truly, CB, alongside the one and only, my main man, AD. We're back at it again for another edition. We're coming to you live, live, live on this late, very late Friday evening. We should have went while, uh, live a little while ago, but... Uh, many life tangents. Many life tangents got in the way, but you know what? It's uh, better late than never, so we're cheersing to getting back together cheers. and back on the air. Talking things a little pro-wrestling inside the squared circle. Caperini, how are you? It's I'm good to see you. Great. It's a pleasure to be back here. Another great week of wrestling. You know, We're getting into that you know, meat and potato season of WrestleMania. It is indeed meat and potato season. Mm-hmm. My favorite mm-hmm. season all, but that stretch between the Rumble... And Mania is, it's just the most exciting time for the entire industry. Not because it's WrestleMania season coming up, but because the competition is even better. The, it's the indie, for the indies, it's the biggest season because they usually plan their biggest shows WrestleMania weekend. Like in whatever city they're going to, for this year it's Los Angeles. You'll see all the, like most of the indie feds or the major ones out there will book a show in LA during that weekend. And it's just like this festival-like atmosphere. Yep, yeah, it's and, awesome. And it's just like, God, if I didn't have a job and had endless funds, I would just I would love go, to yep, fly go, out there. And go to every show possible that weekend, yep. Go to every show, go to all the conve- – they have conventions mm-hmm. out there. It's like yep. Comic-Con. Wait, like the WrestleMania access stuff they have, like, yeah. Go to that and just, just embrace the fanhood. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to. Um, but, you know. As we know, life. We're going to start a GoFundMe. We are, yes. <laughs> GoFundMe for our fun. Or just our fun. Like, yes. what's the cause? Well, it's just so we can go to yep. so many weekend. Be like, you're doing what? And be like, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so again, we're in the meat and potato season. And, and a lot of that ties around, uh, you know, the, the, the capstone of uh of the season would be the wrestlemania main event and title season and uh and we're really it's kind of really come to a boiling point and we'll start with the wwe a little bit uh but this week's episode we're breaking down who is the lineal heavyweight champion of the world uh, we do this usually about once a month we kind of revisit the rankings that we've kind yeah, of established this is here. our february edition it is for sure and uh, and there's a lot to talk about because there's a lot of movement as we get into that prime season. So oh, absolutely, Caverny, quickly before we go into the rankings a little bit, give me your high level thoughts on this road to WrestleMania. What are your thoughts initially so far at a high level? I think for me, this is the highest hopes I've had for a WrestleMania season in a while, and I think it's because of the difference in storytelling we've had. You know, in WWE especially, I would say you know. AW, you know, has had great storytelling, you know, um, but I think it's more so I'm more optimistic about this season because, you know, the change in storytelling from WWE, they're more of like a long-term storytelling company, whereas, you know, in the previous regime, it was like short storyline after short storyline. So, you know, I think that's why I'm more uh, hopeful this time is think we're going to have bigger payoffs this year. I, I couldn't agree more. I've, I've I've mentioned on many episodes before, mm-hmm. but I love I'm a big fan of long term storytelling with logic yep. and burying little details in there and tying mm-hmm. emotion to it. I love the little nuggets being thrown in like every week to keep you wanting more. Whereas like you know, when you just get it all at once, I'm like, okay, what is there to look forward to now? But I mean, they've been building and hats off to them. They've been building this Roman Reigns bloodline storyline for almost three years. Three mm-hmm. years. I mean, even it's at the height young, of the yep. Attitude Era, nothing has been built that mm-hmm. long. Yep. This is the longest they've built a storyline. 
maybe in the last 20 and I, years and or I so. think you credit the Triple H because you know when he was in NXT you know he had all those long term storytelling that he had going there so I think you get credit a lot of it to him and what he's done yeah and it's almost like I wonder the origins did they really sit down with a notebook and say alright we're going to draw out this long story arc over several years and Roman Reigns is going to be the centerpiece of that. We're going to pair him with Paul Heyman and we're going to build this faction and he's going to be uninvincible for years. Multiple yeah, years. I, I wonder when they initially planned it out how long they thought it was going to go. Because I know like recently it's more been like free-flowing but I know Vince I'm sure had a more tightened time restraint on it but like i feel like they i know people have mentioned with triple h's been more free flowing what's going on with the storyline like they just kind of go with where it takes them uh i'm gonna guess they probably initially planned it to end at like wrestlemania 37 with mm-hmm. like edge taking the title off and then i guess when they got there they didn't feel yeah. that like uh maybe the steam wasn't there you know we're gonna keep this going a little bit longer yeah i don't know i don't know about that you know i think just it I think they've just been trying to find the right time too, like to cap all the storyline. Like there wasn't, I think in previous years wasn't a guy that was in the place that could be the one to ruin that storyline. Like last year, you had it was Brock, if I'm correct. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. so it was Brock yeah, it was and Roman. Yeah. It was Brock Lesnar. Like he wasn't in the place to be the one to take down, you know, this whole storyline. So I think yeah. it's really like right place, right time with this one. Like, and it's nice to see they didn't like force a storyline to be done. You know, like. They let it naturally develop, naturally grow, like naturally have these new angles that came into play out of nowhere. Um, so like, and now it's kind of just naturally led to this point now where it has, you can see an ending coming. It wasn't forced. It, it had to be very natural because there's no way, it, it wouldn't have made sense. It, it just was impossible in tw- summer of 2020 when mm-hmm. they said, right, we're going to start this bloodline storyline with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to have Cody Rhodes in it because in 2020, Cody Rhodes What's was elsewhere? the lead, like, dog at the competitor yep. competing company. So mm-hmm. they, they, there's no way they had this whole map down. No, yeah, I think they had no clues to be the one to end all this when they started it. They just were going with it as it is and seeing how the fans took to it and where it went. And, you know, naturally, Cody just ended up being the person that became that person that most likely will be the one that ends all this. Yeah. And, I mean, Sami Zayn was doing, like, a conspiracy theorist gimmick mm-hmm. and yeah. messing yeah. around with Johnny Knoxville last year. And then and I, and I think, honestly, if it wasn't for Cody, I think Sami would have become the guy that's the one that dethrones him. I, I That's the vibe I started to get. And, you know, part of me starts to think, like, you know, should Sami have you know, now even be the one to do it because the storyline's just, you know, been out of this world, like, you know, and it's a shame he's not going to be the one to, you know, tear it all down. So my question for you now is do we think we have a WrestleMania 30 situation where they were setting up to be Randy Orton versus Batista for the the world title and Mm -hmm. then the audience essentially hijacked the program and said, nope, I see your Batista, and they're going to raise you Daniel Bryan, and yeah. F you or, if we don't get it. Or, I mean, you can have, like, the Kofi Kingston situation where there was, like, no business of Kofi Kingston, like, originally in their plans of being in, you know, a title match, and, you know, the fans forced their way. Um, but I think, you know, at Triple H, I think he's more, like, I would say aware, like, how to, you know, strategically craft how to get the result he wants, you know, instead of like just forcing it down your throat, 
he's doing some other stuff on the side that's going to like strategically make you like divert your thinking to something else that he wanted you to think all along. It's it's going to be tough because yeah. the Elimination Chamber is in Montreal, which is a yeah. very, very vocal crowd. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sami Zayn is from he, yep. Montreal. Yep. Or that. He's a Canadian. So that crowd is going to be liquid hot like, for him. For him. Yep. And after we, lo- and I just, I think it might be a, a little bit of a contagious effect where, like, it's like a Daniel but, Bryan situation in 2014 where he was the hottest thing in the industry. But also, too, if you look at it on the other side, it's a perfect opportunity to add even more heat onto the bloodline. Because they're in Sammy's home turf, so they could pull something that adds even more heat to the storyline. Because you know they're going to get a reaction if it's in his hometown. I'm all for I'm all for heels doing heel shit. That's for sure. Uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more when we get to yes. our friend uh, yes, Renee yes, W. Yes, yes, but yes. I think we need to get into our ranks before we go too crazy here. I know we, we can talk we, about this. We stuff can go all on another one of our tangents. So I know. You know. <laughs> and my wife asked, "What do you guys talk about for so long?" I mean, like, trust me, there I can go on for hours about this stuff. There's so much of the psychology, the business side of and, things, and we don't even rehearse anything. We just like. We just we, go where it takes us with this, and... It's just a conversation. We, yeah, we just go on tangents yeah, out of <laughs> So it's our monthly uh, title review. We're going to look back at the our top rankings, top five rankings of who we think are the absolute best professional wrestlers in the industry today. Mm-hmm. And this is not just from pure match and athleticism. This is also from... Uh, marketability and drawing power, like who is the like the guy or gal mm-hmm. in, that has the most attention and engagement in the industry right now, mm-hmm. uh, where all the plans just align and just everybody has to watch this person when they're on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's kick it off at number five, Caproni. Who do you have? Um, well, first I just want to say, you know, like f- for my list, I think this might be the first time I don't have a female on it. And I think it's because the females as a whole, you know, kind of had a lackluster month for the most, for the most part. So it's not like, you know, I'm just like against women. I just felt like, you know, this month, you know, they didn't deliver like they normally do. Because um, normally I do try to do my best to get a female on there. But this month I couldn't, you know, think of someone I think was deserving my list. But, you know, going to my list for the first time, I had a tie for number five because I was just sitting here on my list I had narrowed it down to seven, and, you know, when it came to my five, I couldn't think of a way to, you know, separate the two from each other and pick one. Um, So for my number five, I have a tie between Brian Danielson and Kevin Owens. So Brian Danielson, you know, he's in the AEW title picture uh, with MJF. You know, he's had this storyline where he's had to win all these matches um, just to face MJF. You know, and he's really delivered some great matches, you know, throughout this storyline with some great, great talent that he's faced. Um, they even brought in outside guys to face him. Like they just brought in Timothy Thatcher to face him, you know, fought Takeshita. You know, so he's had some really great matches out of it. Um, you know, his promo work's been, you know, gradually building in that feud as well. Um, so I've really enjoyed that, honestly. At first with this feud, I was like, eh. It'll be all right, but Danielson's done, you know, a surprisingly well job, but, you know, he's such a pro, so I'm not, you know, super surprised. And then my other person at five who I couldn't decide to split with is Kevin Owens, mainly because of the work he did in this Bloodline storyline that he's been involved with. And, you know, 
the way he sold the beating he took after that match. I mean, like, he got the living, like, crap kicked out of him and sold it so well. So, I mean, you have to give him respect for the work he did. Uh, 100%. And that's the big thing is... is it's it's not just the athleticism. It's 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 taking beating. It's making the audience believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, he sold me like on what he, like that beating he took. He sold me like, oh my god, he he's gonna die. <laughs> and that's the thing is like we all know how the business works. Mm-hmm. We know it's a it's a, it's it's entertainment for sure. But when you're able to suspend belief mm-hmm. and you feel an emotion out of it, there's nothing like that. And I felt the emotion, yeah, from him, absolutely. Yeah. Um, interesting. I actually had both of those guys a little bit lower on my list. I had them at seven and eight. I had Daniel said seven, Kevin Owens at eight. Okay. Well, but I mean, I'm all... curious to hear what you got going here. So at number five, I have, um, you know, the, the Monday night Messiah, um, Mr. Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins. Okay. Number five. I like to hear your reason for that one. You know, I just think it's the longevity for him. Mm-hmm. I think the way he's reimagined his character from being... You know, the architect into this kind of flamboyant no, kind of he's, heel. He's super over right now. I wouldn't just call me heel anymore. I would say he's more so a face Good now. Tweener. It's kind of switched over now. But he's kind of... Naturally. He's got this old school kind of 80s kind of, you know, charismatic kind of... Yeah. You know, he was a, obviously a heel for a long time. Now he's kind of tweener between the two. Yeah. But he's got this thing that just draws me to him. Um, he does. For sure. I just think, like, what he's been doing lately, you know, it's not top five worthy for me. But he's, you know, probably one of the most reliable guys you can have in the business, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, but I I just think back to what he was doing five years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was just a guy with long brown hair with a beard and black trunks and... Yeah. Just like every other guy with a long hair and beard and black mm-hmm. trunks. Like, what's different about you? I'm always like, I, I always thought, I was like, you should have kept the blonde streak in your hair because it made you look different. It made you just have a little different something. Mm-hmm. And not only did that, he brought back the blonde highlights, but he, he's got this, just like, you know, some kind of edge to him with this, like... Yeah. The laugh and the uh, way he carries yeah. literally like the Joker out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely enjoy him. You know, if I was making a top ten for sure, absolutely zero questions asked would be on it. Um, but yeah, I couldn't put him in my top five right now based on what's going on in the, the wrestling world. Mm, that's fair. Uh, and you know, Danielson and, and Owens all can make a case for um, for all that. I actually had Kenny at number six above the two. Okay. Just because his work as the IWGB US champ, uh, winning the trios titles, and just he's yeah, Kenny. I think, he he's Kenny. La- I think he was in my last top five. Yeah, he's and he's Kenny. Mm-hmm. And Kenny he's, puts on a show every time he goes out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm still, I'm, I can't, I, I, I'm craving for them to book the rematch between him and Osprey. Hopefully. Maybe for Bendor. Uh, yeah. You know, be there with bells on. <laughs> uh, all right, number four. Um, what do you got? Number four for me, I have the returning Cody Rhodes. You know, interesting. We are actually matched. I have know, Cody Rhodes at number four as well. Yeah, you know, we've talked. We've talked about kind of briefly in the past too. Like we figured, you know, once he came back, we'd start to see him pop up on our rankings and start to gradually rise. You know, we we've seen him come back now, and you know, he's done just such a great job 
NXT came back. I mean, he won the World Rumble. He had that phenomenal promo segment with Paul Heyman where you really felt, like, the emotion. Like, you were invested in it. Um, you know, they brought his, like, you know, connection, him and Paul Heyman with his father into it. So, you know, it's, like, already, like, giving you layers of a good storyline heading into Mania with Roman Reigns, you know, without Roman Reigns even being involved in it yet. Um, so they're really doing a great job of trying to push Cody as the top face in the company. Um, and making you believe he can be the guy who's going to take Roman down as well. We watched that promo segment together, and if you saw me, I was literally like this the whole time. Uh-huh. And, you know, I again, like I, I know how the business works, and I try to, when I watch things, I, like, think of it from, like, oh, I see how they book this, and, and oh, they did a good job with this. But when those two were talking, I just forgot about it all, and yeah. I was just feeling the feelings. Uh-huh. And when I saw Paul Heyman get broke character, literally on live television for millions of people for the first time ever. Yep. seem to do that he just felt it all and that's just I said this is what's beautiful about professional wrestling it's yeah and, like, he, and he was real too because I was watching uh, something online too where Paul Heyman was talking about like you know Dusty was a big part of how he got into the business like Paul Heyman was like a 17 year old photographer for WWE at the time and uh, you know he just randomly one day went and sat in the back of a meeting that Dusty Rose was leading and uh, Dusty Rose pulled him out and was like what are you doing here like, you don't belong here. And he's like, I just want to learn from you. And so Dusty Rhodes just let him stay. And gradually Paul Heyman, like, gradually shifted himself up into the, the section, you know, sitting there watching. So, like, Paul Heyman has, like, a real connection to Dusty Rhodes, too. Which is why I think it's, like, there's even, like, meaning to the storyline just because of that as well. Yeah, it's... It's really, really intriguing. It really is. It's, it's so cool because it's, like, it blurs the lines between real life and fiction mm-hmm. there's a lot of real life in that and there's a lot of real life in all the cody storyline it's oh, it's literally yeah. real life and, and i think that's what draws you to him is you know he makes it about real life that's his character like he's a real life guy he lets you know about like what's gone on in his life um that's gotten him to the point he is you know and he's just hit um my only thing is, how long does that go for? Because, you know, a lot of his stuff relies on talking about his death. As you that's know, he's come back. And that's a, so you, that's so a you, controversial you, hot take, yeah. but I sort of so, agree with you, yeah. So you do wonder, right, you know, does he continue to rely on that? Or, like, where does he go from that? You know, I think he's just so strong, you know, at being, like, a very, like, you know, hard-on-my-sleeve wrestler. I think that's his niche. Like, just keep his heart on his sleeve, you know, throughout his career as a face, and I think he'll be okay. Uh, you know, I, I also challenge that to a sense, but like, I thought Cody had a heck of a run as a heel in Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. For, like, the, right before AEW yeah. in like 2017 to 2018, mm-hmm. right before the all in kind of run, and then AEW yeah. after that, he had a badass run as the heel Ring of Honor world champion. Yeah. So. We'll see. I, I think for WWE, you know, I think it's easier to be a heel. Than a six, like a successful heel than a successful face in wrestling. Oh, yeah. All you have to go out there and say, fuck this town, fuck this guy in front it, of me, I'm exactly. going to kick their ass, and everybody yeah, it's hates It's like you. a blueprint script. Say this, like, this place sucks, like, you do, like you just hate everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's extremely challenging to be a successful face. Like, not many people, you know, for their career have, like, continuously been a successful face throughout. 
The yeah, the only so, one I could say unanimous is John Cena. Well, people also hated him at times. Like I remember in, he, in like two thousand six, yeah. people hated him. But he never turned. Like never he was turned. always a face. You know, he was the draw. Like whether you liked him or hated him, like you had a reaction to him. Like he was always a face. You know, so I think you know, WWE needs that like one face guy to go to. Um, and why not go with a guy like Cody where it's like it's a guy who like you know tries to relate to a normal person you know has their heart on their sleeve has like talks about like real life stuff you know I think that's the way to go with for now for him it's the it's the real life marketability it's like uh, yeah. when they let Stone Cold Steve Austin just be himself he was like yeah. the fr- and, and I think that's what made Cody so successful on the indies is he was finally allowed to just be himself yeah, he ditched the Stardust gimmick, and yep. he just was able to connect with the people because he was himself. And I think that's just you know, I think he's realized that's what works. Just be himself, and the people are gonna love it. And I think that's why you know he did so well. And when he got back to WWE, that's why he's at the top of the card already. Whereas before, he was at the bottom of the card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what they did when they let Steve Austin. Steve Austin's a beer-drinking, badass, Texan ass-kicker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they said, all right, well, just be yourself on TV, and, mm-hmm. and look what happened. Yeah. Just the, well, the, for him, it's going to be like an amplified version of yourself. For sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So um, I don't think he's going around at home talking about Austin 360. Uh, yeah, Austin just whipped your ass and, you know, <laughs> yeah. flipping off everybody at the grocery store. I don't know, yeah. that might be a little much, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, take yourself and just turn up the volume, just mm-hmm. like yeah. ten notches. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they did it with The Undertaker, too. Like, when he came back in 2000, they were like, all right, what are you... Who are you out of work? He's a badass biker. They're like, all right, well, go out and be an American badass. That's what you're going to be now. Just turn the volume up a little bit for the crowd. Uh, And it worked for a little while. Um, Interesting. All right, so I think we're aligned on number four, so let's move to number three. What do you got? Number three, I have MJF. Wow. He unseated the champ. I, I, I unseated him, you know. Not only unseat him, but move him down two notches. And it's not a knock on him. It's just the people I have above him have just done that much more, have, like, been that elite that, like, I had to knock him down that much. You know, he's done a decent job as champ. You know, yes, it could have been, it could be better. Um, but, you know, we started to pick up momentum now as we're heading into revolution season. He started to, you know, pick up some steam. Um, you know, he just had a phenomenal match against uh, Takeshita recently. Like, you know, a nice hard-hitting match. Um, you know, it was one of his better matches he's probably had in his career personally for me um, in the ring. Um, you know, so it's, it's nothing against him. It's just the people I have above him, you know, have just really gone above and beyond in the world of wrestling right now that I couldn't ignore what they've done. It's the competition out there, and I totally get it. It's it's the busiest time of the year, and there's only so much attention you can get, and you got to, like, grasp it. you got to just take it. Mm-hmm. If it's out there for the taking, you have to take it, especially between January and April. It's, yep. It's their, your time to shine or, or flop. Mm-hmm. So, who is, um, who, Who's your number? Number three, I have the one and only Sami Zayn at number three. Okay. But I, I, the only reason I have number three is I have MJF still at number two, so I've unseated him as well as champ because mm-hmm. he still holds the world title. Uh, he's wrestling Brian Danielson in an Iron Man match, which I just feel like yeah. is going to be a phenomenal match, and it's going to make See, him look. It's going to elevate him from an athleticism. For me, having the world title doesn't matter to me. 
Well, and then also the the marketability, and I thought uh, his promo where he got the cops called on him is just some old school eighties heel yeah. shit. That oh yeah, and props to him for able to really just own the character as a living piece of shit. Yeah, and said, you know, I'm gonna own this, and I'm gonna take it all the way to the moon. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that as a heel, and then. Couple that with his athleticism, uh, I still seated him at number two just for that, and the fact that he is the world champ over there. So, okay. I have MJF at number two. Well, for my number two, I guess we can just talk about it now because I have your number three as my number two. I have Sami Zayn as number two um, for me because you know I just think what he's done with this storyline that he's been involved in has just been you know absolutely spectacular. You know. Someone said this uh, story should be nominated for an Emmy, and I was like, and I was like, honestly, they're like, you know what? I can't, I can't disagree with it. You know, this is probably the best wrestling storyline we've had, and I don't even know a long time. How long? A long you know, time. You maybe you could put it in the conversation for one of the best ever. I think honestly, like, but we can't say that yet because we don't know what the whole, we don't have the finished product yet of what the storyline ends with. Um, but I think it could be in the conversation for one of the better ones we've ever had in the wrestling business. Um, and, you know, the way with Sami Zayn, too, especially, you know, at the uh, World Rumble pay-per-view, like, the turn, the reaction the fans gave, like, that's what it's all about. It like, was literally, like, the yeah. chair shot. Oh. Yes, like, literally, like, the ground could have shook at the arena from the reaction they got from that. Like, it was unbelievable, you know, and that's how you know when you're doing something right, when you get a reaction like that, you know, and fans, like, you know, even throughout, like, the recent weeks, like, fans are constantly chanting his name. He's unbelievably over, you know. It's honestly a shame, partially, that he's not going to be the one that probably dethrones Roman because he's just so over right now. Um... And, you know, I just respect what he's done because, you know, we go back, you know, the year ago he was, you know, talking about conspiracy theories the whole time. The fans thought he was a joke. Like, they hated him. He was in the Johnny Knoxville comedy thing. Yeah, like, just think last WrestleMania he was in a a gimmick match with Johnny Knoxville. You know, like, he was seen as a joke pretty much, you know, considering when he came to WWE he was, you know, let's say a hotter NXT star, like the fans were behind, and then he just lost all that steam. It was kind of a joke with this whole conspiracy thing and then that gimmick match he had. And, you know, the the turnaround he's had since then has been very admirable, I would say, because, you know, he wasn't seen as much of anything, and this whole bloodline thing has kind of brought him back into relevancy. And, you know, I, I really, you know, you know, have respect for what he's done. I do too, and there's no doubt this is one of the best storylines in the last, at least the last decade, if uh, not yeah. the last two decades or three decades. This could, this could be up there in the like the eighties with mm-hmm. the mega powers explode with like Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan when they're fighting over Miss Elizabeth, and they their friendship and tag team broke up to where they have to fight to the the, the bitter end at WrestleMania five yep. for the WWE World Championship. However, I just, I can't discount what Cody Rhodes has done in real life, his real-life storyline over the last... You know, the bloodline has started in 2020, mm-hmm. summer of 2020. The Cody Rhodes storyline started in 2016 mm-hmm. when he decided, you yep. know what, I'm, I'm going to get out of this company. I asked for my release. 
I'm wearing the stupid face paint yep. as Stardust, and I'm going to go and reinvent myself from the ground up. And not only am I going to reinvent myself, I'm going to reinvent this whole motherfucking industry at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to really, people are going to know who my name is, and they're never going to forget me. Yep. I'm going to put my mark on it, and he, he has. He really has. He not only started an indie revolution with the all-in, and he helped elevate Ring of Honor, and then he literally started a second-tier competitor. Mm-hmm. With, uh, you know, with with his colleagues out, out in the Indies, and they came together and literally created a, na- a second national promotion that we haven't seen the caliber of in twenty three years since WCW. Absolutely, yeah. Like I on a, that. yeah. I mean, we've had the Impact Wrestlings over the years with Ring of Honors, but nothing a level with AEW where they're touring major arenas every week. Yeah, I'd say sustainability wise, like you haven't seen anything. Sustainable, sure. exactly. Yeah. He helped. He was the catalyst for that. And then to come back and to make an impact and the whole storyline with the even with tying with the realism of the injury and everything like that that just kind yeah. of happened that way and I just setting I, up to this card now this is the pinnacle at this yeah, point. Yeah, I just worry for Cody that hopefully him the Roman storyline isn't kind of like an afterthought because of how strong that Sami Zayn storyline is with the bloodline. Like you know, it's still a great storyline with him and Roman. But I just, that's my only concern I have still is that the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline is going to kind of overshadow Cody a little bit. But I have faith in Triple H based on what he's done that he'll do a good job of, you know, not allowing that to happen. I trust Paul Levesque, Triple Mm -hmm. H as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also trust Cody Rhodes to go out there and take that attention back. I mean, he's been through and, a lot, and we saw what he's done. And, and he when did, he gets in front of the microphone in his hand, he yep. just he just and he did feel. a good job this past week of that. Because I think, you know, based on what's happened recently, you know, he's in a tough spot. You know, because it's at, like the peak of the storyline, I would say, that he's involved with Sami Zayn. And, you know, I think he did a good job of getting people interested in his match with Roman Reigns. That's likely going to happen. For sure. And I, you know, I, I don't think, I think Cody's going to do a good job of being able to, like, maintain that, mm-hmm. that attention. Yeah, uh, I, I think just he's so talented. Mm-hmm. And, yep. yes, I know the hot yep. hand is Sammy's hand right now, but this is Cody Rhodes' time. Yeah. The only thing time. I hope for Sammy's hand, too, is they change his intro. I hate his intro music. I love his old one. Love it. But his new one sucks. And they, they asked Sami Zayn about it, and he said, like, would you go back to that intro? And he said it was more likely to go with something new than go back to it. The ska music, so, the little checkered hat I, I used to wear. I enjoyed that intro yeah. music, though. But, so I, I would like that maybe Elimination Chamber debut some new intro music, because the, the current one's just, like, it just, it just sucks, honestly. Like, and I, that's, the, that's probably my biggest knock on uh WWE is their intro music for a lot of guys. A lot of their intro music for people it's just so generic and sucks. Like whereas AEW, you know, like everyone has like their own thing. Maybe they have some like musical like lyrics to it. But Or they they're not they're not shy of licensing music. Yeah, they're not shy of licensing or WWE you get these like blah like generic like button beat maker songs. Like it just sucks. Like what was it? When uh when CFO used to do the music for WWE, it was actually good stuff. Like CFO, Jim Johnston, like those are the, like good intro music. What they've gone to since they've let uh, CFO go, like it's just not as good. 
Yeah, and then shout out to Jim Johnson, the goat. Mm-hmm. I mean, all yep. those classic oh, yeah. songs Jim, that yeah, you hear out there. It's oh, all from him. absolutely, Jim. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Jim Johnson themes. He created so many phenomenal ones that are like iconic. iconic. Jinx Look at that. Yeah, make coke. <laughs> or buy me another bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think we're on the same page there. Um, all, all tremendous points. Um, so. We gave we gave our number two, right? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I know we're yep. kind of we're, on we're going in many different path we're pathways on here. To our champion, and I feel like we're on the same page. Who do you have? My uh, my new champion. This is our I believe our third third champion now, right? Yes, third, we had our, our Bray third. Wyatt for a short period of time. It was MJF for a long time, and now we have a third lineal yeah, heavyweight champion of the world. For two months, I think he held it for. Yes, we so started our, doing this ranking in what November? Yeah, I think November. So then MJF held it for December, January. Yeah, and now we're in February, and I would like to congratulate our new champion, uh, Roman Reigns. I yeah, I, I have the same thing here. Roman Reigns has as well. been someone who's been floating in the like three range for me on my rankings, but we had talked about on previous rankings. You know, we figured, you know, because our issue well, for me, my issue always was. His uh, his part time schedule. Yeah, and we had talked about previously, like we were like, all right, you know, once WrestleMania season picks up, we'll see him more, like you know, and we're really gonna sing into him. And we said we could see him, you know, rise up. And I think for me, he rose up earlier than I thought he would because you know I thought maybe like you know maybe like March would be the time I thought he would start rising up a little bit. But the way the Royal Rumble ended, which we kind of talked about the Sami Zayn side of it, you know, that Royal Rumble ending really took Roman Reigns to another heel level. Because I think the bloodline was starting to kind of turn into, I would say, kind of a face faction. Like, the fans, like, enjoyed enjoyed the bloodline. It's like the NWO effect. They were yep. chicken shit heels for the first part, but by, like, a year later, they were, like, the cool thing. Yep, exactly. The bloodline was a cool thing for a while. Um, but, you know, Roman Reigns did such, I would say, like, a master class of getting heat on him. Like, you know, where he put all this pressure on Sami Zayn to finish the job, take Kevin Owens out. Like, you know, it's telling him he needs to be the one to pull the trigger. You know, this is his life. And then, you know, where Sami Zayn hits Roman Reigns with a chair shot and then the bloodline attacks him and Roman Reigns just, and the bloodline just beat the living crap out of him. You know... He just did such a great job of adding so much more heat onto him. And then even uh, last week on SmackDown, you know, setting up the Elimination Chamber match, he did such a good job, you know, promoting and, you know, selling that match, saying, you know, now that Sammy, you know, messed up his family, he wants to, you know, destroy and embarrass Sammy in front of his family in his hometown. So, like, I'm invested in that match, you know. So that's why Roman Reigns as my new champion, because, you know, he just took himself to another level. And, you know, it's hard to do when he was already the top guy in the company. You know, how can you take yourself to that even next level when you've been the guy for that long? Because he's been the guy for, was it 800-some days now? Yeah, maybe almost 1,000 yeah, days. Yeah, the last thing I pinned was eight, the end I of... I think it's 800-some yeah. days right now. Um, and by the time Mania comes around... I think it's just maybe just under a thousand. Um, so you know he's re- with that thing he did a really great job of taking himself to his next level and reestablishing himself as you know 
the top heel in the company, you know, really selling the fans on what he's doing. Shout out to Roman Reigns and the creative team because I just oh, recall absolutely. five years ago when Roman Reigns, they were trying to cram him down everybody's throat as the... Uh, the top face. The top face and nobody on earth would have Everyone it. hated it. Hated it. They said, absolutely not. F the sky. Yep. Boo, 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 boo. Stop putting on every WrestleMania main event. It's so boring. Like, I honestly, I even felt that way last year. I started feeling way last year, and then, like, you know, ever since that creative change, like, I want him in the main event now. And I, I didn't think I'd, the day would ever come where I would say that. We're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I want Roman Reigns in the main event again. I mean, I've always appreciated his athleticism, but I yeah. just felt like the character wasn't there. He just didn't fit as the yeah. John's, as say, the, the Rock or the Hulk Hogan. I would say that and his opponents for me. I think a lot of it... A lot of the problem for me was his opponents, why he hated the WrestleMania main event so much. Because, like, for example, you had the Brock Lesnar's way too many times where he, I think that was my issue. Who knows? They might even have another match. It's just like, all right, what do you have to prove? We've been having these matches since 2015. Yep. Almost a decade you guys have been going back and forth, yep. back and but forth. you know, in Vince McMahon's eyes, that might be long-term storytelling. <laughs> it is, or it isn't. It's just like... In his mind, it might be, but I didn't see it as long-term story, long-term storytelling whatsoever. No, I saw it as lazy that uh, we don't know what to do, so we're just going to call it Brock Lesnar and we'll throw him there with Roman Reigns. Yep. He'll come off of his ranch for do a program yep. and we sell a pay-per-view out of it. Yep. Yeah. But now, you know, the Roman Reigns we're seeing now, you know, it's a phenomenal work, and you know, I part of me wonders what is. The aftermath of all this. What is Roman Reigns after all of this whole storyline ends? Where does he go? Like, I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. That's gonna be tough. That's why. <sighs> Excuse me. That's why they have to execute this storyline like flawlessly. Otherwise, if they if they mess up how they take the titles off them, it could be detrimental. Mm-hmm. To him, to whoever takes the titles next, to the company overall, they have to be very careful with that. It has to be... Well, I even say, like, outside of him, like, you know, they have to execute it well to, you know, put in a decent place the Usos and Solo. Because, you know, as a faction, you can't lead them where they all just, like, just fall off and drop to the bottom. They have to make sure they, you know, execute it where, you know, the Usos and Solo will be okay outside of this storyline. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, there's multiple parts tied to it and mm-hmm. um, it could either greatly elevate or greatly negatively impact you know everybody involved so um, but we're on the same page I have Roman Reigns as my number one and the new lineal heavyweight champion of the world mm-hmm. just know if you're looking for box office attraction as if you, if you say who's the guy in professional wrestling it's, it's, me. it's the Caparini right here it's me yes <laughs> your name in the lights right at SoFi Stadium yes no. I'll, I'll manage you only if I'm gonna manage you I'm gonna be your I'm gonna do all the promo talk and you just go in there oh, kick some I, ass. I guess I have to be a good guy <laughs> <all the thing>. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to negotiate something with them but like I'm gonna no, beat got... the living crap well let's see here let's talk about this here Carl, you just booked me for a three-on-one handicap match. I'll be like, ah, you know, well, I got a little, t- a little two and I control. They were good guys. Like, so yeah, I said, why not? They let's did. Do I it. said, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have Roman Reigns as well. If I just think overall, who's the guy right now? I feel like he's doing his best work ever. 
uh, in the position that he's in, and I'm excited to see where this goes over the next month. I mean, the pressure's on now. Oh, what yeah. are they going to do? Are they going to end this three-year storyline at WrestleMania uh, or and, and pass it on to Cody, or are they going to maybe throw a swerve in there and continue it? They could. What a big swerve that would they be. Could. That would be some swerve. They that would did. be a swerve. They just said, you know what, Cody, I know all this story you've been working on the last seven years. We're going to just disregard that. Mm. Magic. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something? So uh, we'll see how long Roman keeps this title as the lineal heavyweight champion. But right now, I just feel like that's the right answer. You know? I agree. Yeah. yeah so we'll Absolutely. Uh, so we've had some fun here on our uh, February edition of the title review here at Wrestling Makes the World Takes. Uh, so get at us on social media. Share your thoughts. Who do you think deserves to be the top spot? Uh, we're trying, the, again, for the new people tuning in, our goal here is to, yeah, obviously we've got promotions all over the world, world titles all over at the regional level, the independent level, all the way up to the national level and the global level. But Help us decide who is the guy or gal, who's the best professional wrestler on earth, and who would you award the lineal heavyweight champion, lineal as in like like the man or girl, like who's, who's yeah. you know, the guy to beat. Um, who do you think is the real world champion, the lineal heavyweight champion? And right now we've awarded it to Roman Reigns because it just feels like it's the right answer for his body of work he's done in the last few years. Um, so excited to hopefully keep this uh, pseudo title established for uh, a long period of time as the kind yeah. of a, a symbol for who's the real champ out there. But we'll see. So for uh, the Cap Ernie for CB, uh, we're back again uh, next week. But uh, share your thoughts with us on social media, and we thank you for tuning in to uh, Wrestling Makes the World Takes. We'll see you next time, folks. Hey, everybody. Thank you.